Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio, that's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz, I am your director of fun and games for the evening. A uh, a season that turned that started out with such promise after five games has uh, gone the other direction from 2-0-0 to 2-2-1. We are here to talk it out with you. Uh, let me tell you who we are, first of all, from Canada. That's right, Canada's own Kelly Hinkle. So I've decided to remain positive i'm just gonna put that out there to start the show oh i, I love what i'm shocked you're canadian already i love it did you celebrate thanksgiving out there hinkle <laughs> yeah i did it how was, was it it was is good. It different I, it, it it's it seems like not as much of a big deal here is the main thing that i noticed is this kind of like a more casual situation that's because it's in october yeah but i did and celebrate because, like, in the i celebrated in the traditionally american way by eating entirely too much food and feeling gross. I mean, like, doesn't theirs celebrate, like, the failed attempt to find the Northwest Passage or something? I don't even, I don't know, actually. I think, honestly, they just wanted an excuse to have the same holiday that we yeah, have, I mean, which it makes is just sense. eating food and being lazy. It's the best holiday. It, yeah, I'm totally cool with that, but we're going to get into that, because I had a conversation with somebody close to the team about Canadian Thanksgiving and how it may have played a role in this flyer skid. But before that, let me introduce to you Stephalicious D. Steph Driver. So just to not talk about hockey for a second, oh, sure. for those of you that have been keeping up with me on Twitter, um, I am fostering a dog. Her name is Emily, and she is an absolute delight. And she will be at the Paws, Philly Paws adoption event at the Flyers game on Saturday. So stop by, say hi to her, say hi to me, but mostly her. Um, and she is available for adoption. She's good with kids. She's good with dogs, she's good with cats, and she's a delight. So and, come hang out with us at the adoption event at the Flyers game. And Steph, that's a wonderful that's a wonderful thing you're doing. That's really cool. Um, I know you fostered kittens in the past. I didn't realize you were fostering Emily um, when the pictures first started to show up on the internet. And then I saw it, I think, last night that she was going to be up for adoption. Uh, how the hell do you do it? Like, how do you... I was attached to Rowdy the second I saw... Like, I get it. Like, you, you signed up for this. You know what it is. Yeah. How do you part with a... Like, oh, my God. So, I have... I've done kittens in the past and obviously was not successful finding them all homes because I have two of them in my house. But you had, like, Claude Giroux, C-L-A-W-E-D, and all them. Yeah. No, I ended up fostering probably a dozen kittens over the years. Well, they still might be stuck in the walls in your South Philly house. No one's sure. <laughs> they might be. No, they're not. <laughs> Although they did really, really like to get in the walls. Steph was straight um, up Charlie Kelly for like two months. Just <laughs> fishing cats out of the walls. So for for a dog, it's it's different. It's yeah, definitely Yeah, dogs different. have souls. Uh, I'm, I'm going to tell Mama that you said that. Uh, me and Mama her. are cool. I know. I'm going to tell her, though. Um, so dogs are different. And I, you know, after Missy died, like I was in a pit of despair for 
<laughs> I still am. So let's just, I still am. Um, but I have space. I have space and I like dogs. I like having them around. So I figured if I can help a dog that's in the shelter come out of its shell, find its personality, and become a little bit more comfortable and confident so that they can find their family. That's like, that's my ideal job. So I, I know that this is only part-time. She is just, oh God, a delightful dog. Like if, if I was in an emotional and mental space to keep a dog and I'm not, um, it would, it would be her. I mean, she's so good with the cats. She doesn't give a shit about the cats. And these two have been absolute hell beasts. Oh, they probably miss a dog too. As weird as that sounds. What was that? They probably miss a dog too, as weird as that yeah. sounds. Yeah, and but they're very aware that she's not Missy. Okay. They're yeah. very aware that she's not Missy. Like, they'll fight and she'll bark at them. And Shenner, Shenner of all little animals, Shenner who's, who literally two nights ago jumped four feet in the air because I moved my foot on the couch. Yeah, he's skittish. But he's decided he's the alpha, and she'll bark at him, and he will go after her. Whereas Missy would have been like, are you fucking serious with this right now, bro? Emily will run away. That's because good Because she's, she's tiny. But um, anyway, she has... I'm going to spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about my well, dog. Well, Steph, my Brandon dog. Manning scored a goal last night against yeah. the Philadelphia Flyers hockey team. So um, talk let's, away. Let's keep talking about this dog. Talk away. So she came from the shelter. She was she had a cough and she just wasn't feeling well and she just wanted to sleep. This little dog, I put a blanket on the couch and she jumped right up. She's like, oh, I know what couches are for. Couches are for sleeping for my little puppy butt. And she laid right down and she gets it. She just wants to to cuddle and she wants to play with her toys the squeakier the better but she doesn't know how to squeak them herself so it's not like she's a loud player she's a really really good dog so come out and check uh check out steph's uh foster dog maybe it'll be your forever dog or she is like she should be she is just a great family dog so apply through philly paws uh, get pre-approved and then come hang out with us at the start the da- the dallas game the stars the flyers whoever's playing i don't know Oh, that's fun. I didn't even realize we had the Stars Saturday and the Eagles play the Cowboys Sunday. That's fun. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's Dallas week. Anyway, Steph, a minute ago, you mentioned something about a pit of despair, and after this Western Canadian road trip, many Flyers fans find themselves in that. Um, how we just... Man, we were so hopeful after those first two games, and like we all kept saying it's two games, but... Well... We shouldn't have included the butt. We should have just known, right? No. I mean, let, let's start with last night, right? So, okay. yes, they lost 6-3. to three. Not ideal, technically. However, they outplayed the Oilers by every single metric. So they played a good hockey game, and they did not do that in Calgary. So... There was a turnaround there. You know, last year, if they played a shitty hockey game and then had a game the next night, they would play another equally or worse shitty hockey game because they had absolutely no fight in them. So this team came out last night and they played a good hockey game. And they lost because our goalies looked bad and their goalie looked good and also Connor McDavid. So I don't think it's all bad. It's not good, but it's not all bad. Yeah, I agree. So the game against the Flames, that was bad. Um but the 
last night against the Oilers, like it, it was, it wasn't as bad as it looked on paper. And you know, whether they lose by one goal, whether they lose by three goals, which you know, two of them were garbage time goals, it doesn't really matter. Um, it's still just, just you're losing two points. So it's not like it's just one loss. It's not like you're losing cumulative points. Um, Carter Hart, that poor boy, that poor child in front of all of his friends and family had a had a bad game, and that happens. And, I mean, Connor McDavid happens. Unfortunately, Brandon Manning also happens, but I don't, I don't really want to talk about him. Well, that's, uh, I saw, because I didn't catch the game in real time. I was at a wrestling show last night, and Craig uh, handled post-game for me. I literally sat my ass down on the couch and turned on the game, had no idea what was going on, five seconds before Brandon Manning scored. Oh and boy. I was like, oh my god. And then I opened Twitter to see what the reaction is, and to my surprise, a lot of people were saying, like, you know what, it's not nearly as bad as the score. I think even Jonesy on the broadcast said, this should have been the score last night. They don't deserve to be losing by this much tonight. But like you guys alluded to... Connor McDavid. Um, I'm going to surprise you. I'm not overly negative here. Um, It was a tough start to the season. I said I wasn't going to use the schedule as an excuse, but looking at the schedule, shit. Uh, It was not good. Like, I don't don't know how any team was supposed to come out better than 500, um, you know, from the preseason game in lasagna through the Czech Republic, (laughs) coming home for a day and then heading out to Western Canada. Like, what were they supposed to do? Two, two, and one. Did we want to be five and oh? Like, obviously. Did we want to be four, one, and one? Something like that? Ideal. But what realistically was it going to be? Uh, I just hate that the. Like, if you're not a hardcore follower of the team, man, it's now they're coming home and there's no buzz. Like, that's what I hate. Uh, I'm bummed about it, but. You know, I, I don't, oh, I don't necessarily agree there. Um, because these games were on so late that a lot of people probably just didn't watch. Yeah, but there's no chance. I think that's what works against them. It's like, okay, 2-0. Oh, I think it works for them. 2-0, showing a lot of promise. You check the box score after game three. Oh, shootout loss. Big surprise there. We can't win shootouts. Oh, okay, well, we went to Calgary. We didn't We didn't get the points. All right, we didn't play particularly well, but it is what it is. And then a blowout loss. Okay, well, all right. Yeah, so I watched the game over, and I did actually think they played pretty well up, up until the... Um, up until that alley-oop to Connor McDavid. I, Justin Braun has ca- caught some flack over that, but... Nonsense. What, yeah, like, what is he oh my god, do? Justin. Like, do you realize that's Connor McDavid? Like, I don't... Everyone says what kind of a great skater he is, but it, he made that look effortless last night. I think that's part of it. Like, he looks like he just cruised by him. But Connor McDavid is the fastest player to ever play in the end, like... It's unbelievable. absurd. The way that he yeah. turned it on from the other end of the ice and caught up to Justin Braun very quickly. Just the idea, I saw a lot of people, why didn't he just, like, you know, slap the puck over to the corner? Like, okay, cool. It's Connor McDavid. Do you think that he doesn't have complete control of that puck in a very strong way? The kid's outstanding. Sometimes you just have to take the L. Like, that guy's really good. So yeah, that's- it doesn't have anything to do with our guy. No, yeah, like, listen, if that was some random, if that was some other team's Michael Roffel, 
uh, and that happens, it's like, yeah, Justin Braun, all right, maybe there's a reason to be concerned, but literally nobody in the league makes a play against McDavid, and if they do, it was luck. I don't, you know, I, I, I have trouble. Even, I think, an even better example, following that, the Brandon Manning goal. Watch, uh, McDavid has the puck and gets into the zone. Watch how the defense just shudders in fear. All five guys back up. And it's he just is able to turn around and Manning is wide open with all the time and space in the world to be able to rip a shot past Brian Elliott. Um, what are, other than, I will say, I, I alluded to this in the beginning. This is one thing I'm going to talk about with the schedule that I think gets overlooked. Uh, and this is, I don't want to make excuses. Like, this is supposed to be a business trip, but... Vancouver's a fun city, and they had some days off, and then there was Canadian Thanksgiving. Like, that was a setup, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That was a straight-up setup. Even, forget the travel, that in itself is tough, and then factor the travel in. I don't think things are as bad as they look. One positive, I believe, that comes out of the Oilers game, Jake Voracek finally has himself Finally. Uh, playing hockey. None of you, uh, because you're the same person, I don't remember who, You, I think it was Steph said that two of the goals were in garbage time. I will agree there, yes, the game was over when they made it 6-2 to two and 6-3, to three, but it kind of just seemed like that regression we always talk about. Like, they were eventually going to score. It just happened to be late, you know? They kept the pressure on, they kept fighting, I'll give them credit there. Um, I... I wasn't overly discouraged by what I saw when I watched the game back, and I'm not overly discouraged despite coming away with one point in three games from Western Canada. Yeah, me neither. I mean, like like I said to start, this team last year, and we all know this, this team last year would not have had any fight losing 6-1 in the third period. They wouldn't have even tried to score a goal. And I know that no one wants to focus on process when the result is so bad but if the process continues to be like it was last night it's gonna be a good season absolutely no i I very much agree with that uh i want to talk about the goaltender last night because carter hart comes in he's in his uh he's in his basically hometown and doesn't look like the carter hart that we uh we've come to expect in in his uh in his short career just gets absolutely lit up last night what did we think about carter hart did he do this the last time he had to play in front of family and friends? Like, didn't didn't he have a big game last year that he started for some particular reason and then he shit the bed? I, I was trying to think of it, and I couldn't because of my leaky brain. But I seem to remember him kind of choking on a game that had significance to him personally before. And I wonder if maybe he just gets nervous playing in front of his family, which would be weird because he's been doing this for a long time. But And he's so the guy... We don't think of who has the nerves, who has uh, like the the big game jitters. But at the end of the day, I'm, he's a twenty one year old goalie. I'm I'm really hesitant to put that narrative on him. Oh no, I, I'm I, not. I just yeah, I'm totally I'm making to, it up. Trying to talk it. I'm out. really hesitant to put that narrative on him. I think that he just had he just had an off night, and you know he is a twenty one year old guy who in the past two weeks has flown. All over the fucking world. So he's allowed to have an off night. And whether that was in front of his family or not, I don't I don't really think that matters. I mean, probably not. And as we, like like I said, he is the mentally tough goalie coming into that game. He'd made three starts. He was 2-0-1. He'd stopped 75-80. Got his first career shutout. I mean, 
you're going to have a bad game every now and then. I just wanted to get everyone's reaction to what they saw out of Carter Hart last night. Um, it was a bad game. Yeah, it was that's a bad game, every goalie also, has a bad game. I mean, Connor McDavid is, we know what he is. And Leon Dreisaitl is also a fucking elite talent. Like, sometimes they're just going to have games and nights where they're on and there's nothing you can do. No, I, I very much agree with that. Again, it, it, that was not a good road trip. But I'm not overly discouraged considering I just think they're playing, except for the Calgary game, I think they're playing overall a better brand of hockey than they have in years past. And I think it will, I think it'll even out. Like, I expect this team to be better in November, to get the results in November and December that they're maybe not getting right now as chemistry grows, as everything seems to come together. Uh, What are we making of Elaine Vigneault this early in the season? I'm I really like him. I really really like him. I like I really like the fact that he is not shy about letting everyone know that he's not taking any shit from these guys. And that is something that was really needed, I think, behind the bench for this team. Uh yeah, so I agree. Um I, I think that he brings a level of authority that Dave Haxtell didn't. Um I think that he brings a level of communication that Dave Haxtell didn't. Um, and he inspires confidence from his team, which Dave Haxtell didn't. Um, I, I'm really happy with Big Al and the ass crew. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> That continues to be hilarious. It will never not be hilarious. Um, I, I, I like what I've seen on the ice in, in terms of things that coaches can control. Um, you know, I, I'm really not worried about this team. Again, five five games is a small sample size anyway, but I'm, I'm just not worried about it. Let them come home, sleep in their own beds for a little while, like hang out with their families would be cool. Let them, let them decompress a little bit from that Europe trip, and I think they'll be fine. So not to hijack the show or anything, but the ass crew. Please do. So the ass crew, I want to talk about a little bit because I feel like if there's been anything that's been like glaringly weak, it's the defense. So I'm wondering if we hate Mike Yo. I think I might hate him. Well, I think that the personnel on defense isn't ideal. But the way they're being paired up is not ideal either. And I don't know if that's Vino or if that's Yo, but it's not great. That's um I think the defense I think the team defense has been good outside of the uh, outside of the Calgary game. They have done a great uh, great job of shot suppression. I really believe that they've made life easy on their goaltenders except for, you know, last night. Uh, of course, uh, they gave up some big plays, but the Calgary game is really where they just got outplayed top to bottom. Uh, I, I think they're doing a good job of shot suppression as a team, but I will say I don't like the pairings. I wrote an article yesterday about Shane Gostisbehere, and thank you, Kelly, because that's where I wanted to go next. Uh, all of our defensemen have recorded at least one point, and here is Shane Gostisbehere, five games in, has not scored and again, small sample size, but more concerning to me is he just doesn't look like Shane Gostisbehere. I mean, good or bad, he always stands out. He's just looked like a guy out there, not the dynamic talent we've come to know in Shane Gostisbehere. That isn't what I saw last night. I think that he's yeah. had a little bit of, of a rough start to the season, but 
I, I, I'm, again, not worried about Shane Goss' bear. I think that he's had some bad puck luck and a little bit of a rough start. But I really liked what I saw out of him last night. I mean, he was definitely utilizing that big shot that he has on the power play um, because he's pretty much the only one that can get that big shot off on the power play under its current configuration, which is a whole other thing. But um, We'll get into that. Yeah, so... I mean, the not having a point thing, I think, is just bad luck because he is getting the shots. Like, last night especially, I really noticed how hard he was firing that puck on the power play, and it just wasn't going. Um, But that seemed to be kind of the theme for last night. Nothing went for the Flyers. And that was a major – that was a main point of my article was he has seemed in the first four games before last night hesitant to shoot. Like, the power play – it did score four goals in the first, I believe, uh, four goals in the first four games of the season, something like that. But three of them were by the second unit, uh, and the only one the top unit scored was that quickie that Kevin Hayes had off the draw uh, that Giroux won, and he just kind of popped it over the goalie. Um, Travis Konechny factored into all three of the power play two unit. We've needed power play two to be better, but it just seemed like he had... Going into last night, five shots on goal in four games, and only three of them were um, were slap shots. He'd only had 11 total shot attempts. He just seemed hesitant to shoot. I'm glad he started uh, really getting it. Uh, yeah, he doubled his shots on goal basically last night. He went from five to 11. So uh, I'm really glad he's breaking out of that shell. Because I started to worry about maybe a hand or a wrist injury. He started to remind me of Chris Pronger. Remember when he came back from that wrist injury in 2011? Oh, yeah. And would have the puck and just kind of, like, fake a shot and then dish it? Like, that's kind of what it seemed like. I do think the the configuration of the power play, though, is uh, stopping him a little bit. Because he, as much as we've made a point to say there's no cross-ice one-timer uh, from Giroud to Voracek, it's also harder for Drew a lefty shot, or for Ghost a lefty shot, to get the one-timer off with those two on their offsides, no? Yeah, oh God, I hate the power play setup I so much. I really hate it's, the configuration. And I don't, I really don't understand. I made a joke last night that perhaps no one told Elaine Vigneault that the other coach that sucked is the one who put Drew on his wrong side, and perhaps we should switch back to the other thing. And Craig was kind of like... Yeah, maybe he didn't watch any tape before December of last season, and so he just thinks that's where Drew belongs. I just, I'm really surprised that it carried over from last year because it didn't work last year either. Um, and I get why they're doing it. It's just, but it's not working. So how long are we going to try to make it work? Yeah, I just don't get it. No, I hate it. I hate it. Like, Claude Giroux is one of the best power play point producers of the decade. Like, maybe you just don't fuck with what he's doing. Yeah, Giroux and Ghost, that's what they do. This is their thing. It's it's like their competitive advantage. Uh, whatever they give you at 5-on-5 five five is almost extra because they are supposed to single... Like, the two of them together, we've seen this team, be it like 20%, 19.5% on the power play, scoring one or two goals a year with the second unit. Like, these two kind of get it done. I realize they've lost Wayne Simmons, and that is an element. Uh, JVR... He's he's gonna get he's gonna have a hat trick like his first game he scores the floodgates are gonna open I get it he's had some puck luck too but I just don't understand that's like my number one gripe so far with the coaching staff um, is the power play as well as the pairings I'm gonna get back to the pairings now uh, that was another main point of my article Gostas Bear 
has like going into last night like a 53 or so uh Corsi percentage Corsi four percentage and he's sub 50 with Robert Haig who he's played most of his minutes with his numbers with Niskanen and Provorov are astronomical in a very like short sample size they're raising him above what he like well above what he is with his main partner they got to break these two up they yeah I mean Apart from breaking those two up, they have to do another thing, which I think that we all know what that is. Um, but one of the things that I also wanted to talk about, like the offense definitely came on last night, but I found myself more than once like watching the game and just muttering, what the fuck, Ghost, like under my breath because he was doing bad things defensively. And I do kind of think that his defensive partner might have something to do with that. Like we can... A lot of people have been arguing that Robert Haig is good this season, which is like a really weird thing to me because I don't know what they're watching. But he is bad. He's the worst defenseman on the team by a large margin. And Shane Gostisbehere is the one that's having to drag him around right now. And if you want to get Ghost going, that doesn't seem to be the way to do it. And he looked good with Braun in the preseason. And when we signed those two guys, we were kind of assuming that's what was going to happen, that one of these new defensive defenseman guys was going to end up with Ghost. And they were going to let him loose and things were going to improve. And they've not done that. And I'm not entirely sure why they haven't decided to give that a go in the regular season so far. I think it's Samuel Moran time. I would love to see Samuel Moran. Um, it's fucking Phil time. Is what it yeah, is. but it's at Phil the end time. of the day, I want Phil they're Myers. Not, they're not bringing up Phil Myers I, right now. I want Phil Myers sucks. in this lineup. Uh, in two games with the Phantoms, he has two assists. He's a plus six. I always laugh when people use plus minus, but I will say when there's like a tremendous number, like everyone on the team is plus one, plus two, um, even, and he's a plus six, like that tells me something. And his passing, like I've seen clips of him passing the puck, like the outlet passes are insane. He's so good. Yeah, that Farabee highlight while while, uh, Joel, I mean, took it to the house, um, that outlet pass was incredible. To, to spring him on that uh, one-on-one that he turned into a breakaway. Freaking incredible. Uh, you mentioned Braun with Ghost, and while we talked about that in the preseason, uh, Provorov and Braun have been so good together. They have. That's true. Yeah, it's a good point. I want to see, see Ghost with Niskanen. Their numbers in, again, really limited time are really good together. Their advanced metrics. And I just think he's that guy who can maybe be that steadying force in the defensive end, make those subtle defensive plays, and allow Ghost to do what he does. Get to loose pucks and then create a breakout either by carrying or passing the puck. That's what he does best in his own end, getting out. Uh, and I, I just think that that's the way to go, especially with... Um, uh, especially with what he brings to the offensive side of the puck, help him get on offense. If we just have him out there with some guys, and I think it's also who he plays with, uh, the forwards he's out there. I think I saw like over 54% of his ice time this season has come with the bottom six forwards. And I, how's that supposed to help him? I, he's an offensive guy. He get like they said in the preseason when they're playing Farabee and Frost up in the lineup because these guys are playmakers. Why wouldn't we put them with other skilled players? That's Ghost. Why is he out there with the bottom six and Robert Haig if what he does is put up points? It's hard for me to argue with anything that you're saying, but then I think about Travis Sanheim having to deal with either Robert Haig or Sam Moran and that 
I hate a lot. That's the the hole in the lineup. If there is one right in the defense, it they need to do something about the sixth defenseman. I know we've gone like if your sixth defenseman is your biggest problem, you don't have that many problems. But considering the other five that we have, it's like okay, who do we strap? We can't put one of the veterans with him because then it's just like we don't have like we just don't have enough oomph out there without uh without one of our young defensemen, but I just, they have to do something about the Hague thing. And I'm glad, Steph, that you said you're off. You made it official on Twitter last night. You're off the Hague train. I mean, I didn't say that. I just said that there are a lot of people who are defending Robert Hague in a very absurd way, and I just didn't know that they existed. Just like the Moran Mafia came after Flyperbole, there's a whole... Oh God! What did Steve call them? The Hague Horde. The Hague Horde. Came, I like that. Came after Kelly Hankel this week. And Seriously, it, why? It was... I didn't even see this. What? Because I said yeah. that they should fire Robert Hague into the sun, and apparently oh, that yeah. pissed some people off. I stand by it. I am just ready. I, I would like to see a little bit of a change in the lineup, and I don't want to see that change in the form of Chris Stewart. I want to see that change in the form of Samuel Moran. Uh, like, yeah. I don't want to... Com- uh, Chris Stewart is what I wanted to get to next, so good segue there, Steph. I don't... Oh, professional. I don't want to spend a ton of time on Chris Stewart. He was already out of the lineup uh, last night. But, like, what's the point? That's the thing that bothers me. I get, like, there- Bunneman hasn't been good, uh, sure. Why have another guy who, like, have someone better? Why are we cycling in and out a bad play? I, I just... What... The thing that first he's supposed to he's supposed to bring the gritty leadership and the energy. He brings an element we don't have. He enters the lineup and they play easily their shittiest game of the season in terms of how just like the energy and toughness they played with. Yeah, and obviously hanging that all on Chris Stewart is stupid. And I'm, I'm not, yeah, of course I'm you're just not. saying it's ironic. Yeah. that the reason he's there is to give them that element. And that's the game they didn't have. It. I'm not blaming. No, no, no. I I'm know. just saying having a guy in the lineup for only that reason is dumb. It's super dumb. And the thing that's really frustrating for me is that it's not so much that Chris Stewart is around now and now we're stuck with him. It's that at the start of the season, lineup decisions were made because of cap issues. And once that cap issue was solved in the form of Andy Walensky going away, finally, they decided to do Saul this. Olinsky. Yeah, they decided to do this with that newfound cap space. And what they could have done, they could have immediately brought up Phil Myers. And I know that people want to say that he isn't the reason that he's down there is because they don't think he's ready. But I think he's shown pretty substantially in his time with the Phantoms that he is, in fact, head and shoulders better than an AHL player. Um, but it's just, it's just the thought process. It's too old time hockey man, and I. It just frustrates me that they solved a problem that they had, and this was the solution that they decided to use. It's just, I don't like it. And I, like, it seems like in Behind the Glass, uh, AV wasn't totally on board with the idea of Chris Stewart, but um, the GM gives him to him. The players in the room really seem to like him. So he gets in the lineup, doesn't really look all that effective. He's out the next night. This, I mean, he could very well be a guy who sits in the press box for literally the entire season. Uh, and that's totally cool. If the players want him around, that's fine. I don't understand necessarily why he needed to be given a contract. Like a lot of people have pointed out, Dennis Seidenberg last year just stayed on his PTO all year, kind of hung around. Um, I, 
I don't know if Chris Stewart just needs the 900k or whatever the hell it is. I mean, uh, who doesn't? But I, yeah, exa- yeah. The whole like, I don't know. I am totally on board with the idea that there are guys that are good in the room. There are guys that make the atmosphere better and in that way make the team better. I just don't understand how he can be so good in the room and that no one else is nearly that good in the room that we absolutely have to keep him around to not play hockey and tie up nearly a million dollars in cap space because he makes people happy. Like, I I don't know. He seems like a super nice guy, but I, I just don't, I don't get it. Remember what I said about Andrew McDonald? Just make him a coach. If he's not good on the ice, but he's good in all these other areas, make him a coach. Yeah, give him the Ian LaPerriere job. That's fine. <laughs> I I don't think that we'll see him stick with the team all season. I, I just, I think he'll get waived at some point. He very well could be. And like I said, he's he was already out of the lineup night one. I don't want to spend, uh, um, like... Chris Stewart isn't worth the time. He he clearly isn't going to play a lot, even when he is in the lineup. I just don't get it. I really wanted to see him fight. Like, that's what I was hoping for. Didn't get it. Like, what the hell, man? I I thought you were the tough guy. No fight? Come on. Uh, We're going to pause for a break in just a second, but I wanted to just point out, listen, uh, if you're listening to the show right now, you've probably noticed the sound is a little different. We are not in our studio. We are all recording remotely uh, with the flyer schedule this week. We weren't able to work out a day with our recording studio, but we will be back uh, there next week. Thanks for hanging in with us. I understand my post games haven't sounded nearly as good as they sounded last year. I moved in the off season. I'm working on it. Going to make some equipment and studio upgrades over the next week or so. Uh, thanks for bearing with us. We recognize the issues we have. Um, it annoys us when you point them out because we hear it. Uh, and also, this show is free. Get over it. Um, but we hear it, and we're going to we're going to rectify the situation. All right, we're going to pause for a break. It was one person who whined. I, I've had a couple of people, uh, more so about me than any. It, more, it was I've had a couple people DM and tweet me about the uh, about the sound, and I hear it. I, I understand it's not as good as it was. I had a DIY recording studio in my old home, and now I am in my basement. My girlfriend wakes up at 4.45 a.m., or she has to be at work at 4.45 a.m. There's only so many places I can yell for an hour between 11 and 2, you know? I gotta be in the basement, just the way it is. Not blaming her, her, just saying this is the realities of real life. Uh, We're gonna pause for a break and be back in just a moment. All right, fam, we are back, and we are here to talk some more Flyers. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned I mentioned Jake Voracek briefly earlier, but I want to get back to him. Three points. Uh, that was the only, uh, like, real positive, and I would say, coming out of that 6-3 uh, to three loss. He factored into all the goals. I was... Ghost and Jake, that was the name of one of my... I believe the Vancouver postgame, What's the Matter with Ghost and Jake. I went on to write the article about Ghost, but Voracek, an equal concern. How do you guys feel about Jake? We've been up and down on his play over the last couple years. He had a real bad start. Like, he was just another guy who did not look dynamic, did not look like the Jake Voracek um, who puts up at least three-quarters of a point a game to start the year. And boom, here we are, three points in five games. How are we feeling about Voracek five games in? I mean, I'm I'm glad that he is doing something. Um, hopefully it lasts. Um, part of me wonders, 
now that he's seems to be a third liner, um, kind of generally, I'm wondering if once Nolan Patrick is back, if that's going to help him get his game back together, because obviously Nolan Patrick playing as well as Nolan Patrick is able to play is a pretty good center. So perhaps that will help Jake get going a bit more. It sounded like that was physically painful for you to say out loud. It was a little bit. It was a little bit. I can hear it in your voice. It was physically painful for you to say. Um, I'm not worried about Jake Voracek. I don't think that he finished the game last night on the third line. I think that he put in the work that AV wanted to see and, and started to see some results for it. I'm not worried about these top line guys, especially five games into the season. I know what they're capable of. I know what Jake Voracek is capable of. I know what Claude Giroux is capable of. We just need to get them there. And I think that will come within the next few games. Let them have a, a homestand. Let them sleep in their own beds. I'm extreme. Let them see their babies. They both had babies in the offseason. Let them see their kids for fuck's sake. I'm extremely here for positivity stuff, by the way. You're like not worried about Oh, anything. this isn't positivity. This isn't positivity. I just It feels positive. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Let's let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Because I definitely turned the game off last night after the second period. I just wasn't gonna watch the rest. It's torture. Watching this game watching this team perform poorly is torture because we've seen it for the last eight years. I don't think that that's the team that they actually are. If they turn out to be that way, then I'm done watching, but I don't think that that's who they actually are. Yeah, I just have had a growing concern that at some point Jake is going to fall off a cliff, and with that cap hit and the length left on his deal, it's I, I've just been worried about it. But maybe he just was yeah, a slow first four games. That happens. It's four games. Like there were there are now what seven? I'm terrible. Seventy six games left. Seventy seven games left. Like all right. He's probably going to be fine. It's just, I wanted to see these veterans kind of come out. And and I'm including Ghost in this. I wanted to see them come out. Because these are the two guys, along with TK, who has done his thing, has looked great. Um, I wanted to see them come out and kind of assert themselves and go, we needed to be set loose. We needed to just get away from the old regime. It wasn't just us. It was just the culture of this team and now that it has changed we are the players that we're supposed to be and I did not see that through the first four but like I said Voracek turns it around last night two goals and an assist it would have been nice if what you are describing happened especially because there's been so much criticism of this core if you want to call it that that they're the problem with the team so it would have been nice if all of them you know Voracek, Giroux, Turier, who has been outstanding, um, Ghost, if they had come out and they had just been playing really good hockey with really good effort, it would have silenced a lot of that. And I think that would have been good um, just for our sanity, personally. <laughs> would have been nice to not have to hear people criticize the core of this team anymore, but um, they haven't. Those two specifically definitely haven't. Uh, they started the season in Prague which is the Czech Republic. Is this true? Which is where Jake Voracek is from. And he's like a star there. Like not, not Yaramir Jager level star, but really fucking close. He probably just sobered up this morning. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I don't If think... you can't play hockey drunk, you're not a real hockey player. He played. 
He's been he playing. Been he just hasn't been scoring. I really don't think it's unfair to blame the schedule a little bit. It is a little bit absurd that you start the season in like three countries, like tens of thousands of miles traveled, back to back games. Like it's just been kind of a shitty situation top to bottom to start the season. And once that levels out, like Steph said, I'm I'm not super worried about the good guys. That's, I'm trying to let's see here. So on uh, on Monday, September 30th, they were in Lausanne, Switzerland. So that was September 30th, and then one, two, three, four days later, they're in the Czech Republic, and then one, two, three, four days after that, they're home to play New Jersey, and then they're in Vancouver. They're on this trip, Canadian Thanksgiving, all that stuff. Like, listen. I'm out of excuses for this team because we've been making excuses for them for years as to why maybe they're not living up to expectations. And some of them are warranted and some of them are us just being hopeful. But if not for their their past um, underachieving, I think we'd be... A, like, I, when I say we, I don't mean the three of us because I think we've all maintained pretty level heads, uh, even me, through this uh, through this little skid here on the trip. But like we level heads, I for one am offended. Yeah, the royal we are extremely rational people. I think the fan base overall would be a lot more understanding starting two two and one uh, with this ridiculous schedule if it wasn't so much like oh look another uh, like oh cool uh, another disappointing start to the season. Like I realize they've had them in the past five hundred right on the yeah. nose, totally average. Yeah, but that like at the end like five that's an eighty point pace, an eighty two point pace, you know? Yeah, it's bad. Like that's I expect them to turn it around. All right. Uh what else do we have, guys? What else is going on in Flyerland? You wanna talk about how good so, Ivan Perovarov has been? Let's He's been good, folks. It's good to see because I was worried, if I'm being honest. I was worried. He definitely, I mean, coming off of last season, um, there was reason for concern. Absolutely. He, you know, his rookie season, we saw, okay, yeah, he definitely has the makings of a special player. And then he has the, uh, after whatever it was, 23 games or December 27th, whenever he got put with Ghost, we see those two as a, as a dynamic duo. Um, and from there, we're like, all right, cool, man, we have a, true top pair like they were they were producing at a level of like Giordano Hamilton in that season um and then last year J- uh Ivan just shits the bed just didn't look very good whatsoever and now here we are five games in I am not upset in the least with what I've seen out of Ivan Provorov how about you Steph no I mean he's been fine I think that the defense overall has been a little bit uh, I don't want to say shaky, but they're trying to find their ground. Um, but no, he's been good. I'm, I would like to see more out of Travis Sanheim. I absolutely would like to see more out of Travis Sanheim, and mm-hmm. that's why I'm kind of high on. Listen, I don't want to. I don't want to buoy anybody with Robert Haig, but actually, those two maybe not the worst kind of. Con- if he's going to be in the lineup, that's the thing. If he's going to be in the lineup. Um, I maybe not the worst pair. I wanted. I was okay. Provorov and Braun have played sixty-seven forty-eight together at uh, at even strength over five games. They are dominating possession-wise. Uh, Sixty-two shot attempts for forty-four against. 
That's 58.49, almost 58.5 Corsi 4 percentage. Um, they have been really good together in terms of the, uh, in terms of puck possession. All their other metrics have been good. Expected goals, they're almost 65%. Scoring chances, 69%. Nice. High danger, 66%. It's literally just the goals for. They've been outscored 5-2 to two together at even strength. And based on all the other metrics, like, that's not going to hold. They're going to turn it around. In terms of that, but everything else has been good. Uh, the Niskan and Sandheim pair has been pretty good as well. But man, Ghost and Haig, uh, they actually turned it around a little last night. But I, I want to see those two broken up. Uh, but I'm I'm definitely happy so far with Ivan Provorov. He's brought a little bit of offense. Uh, he's joining the rush like he did when he was paired with uh, paired with Ghost. It's a good sign to see that maybe last year was the aberration. Yeah, I I think that. It was, and, you know, as much as these players like to say that contract negotiations don't weigh on them, I think it did. Uh, so I, I expect a lot of good things out of Provorov this season, and if he regresses back to what he was last season, then it's time to trade him. That's easy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Add him to the list with Shane Goss' bear of people that I have to hear about getting traded for the rest of my life. I'm kidding. I know. <laughs> I mean, I, listen, I wanted, I I didn't want to trade Ghost. I've said a million times, he's my favorite player on the team. I just thought that the way they were building the defense, he was going to be the odd man out. But right now, I just think he needs to play better, and I think he's going to be a major cog when he starts to. I expect him to. Um, yeah, he's definitely going to be. As soon as he's think, free from the giant heavyweight of Robert Haig. I think the defense, like, I... I don't think the pairs, like, I don't think each guy has been terrific, but I do think in their own zone, they're limiting teams, and that's all you can really ask for. In a league where every, I mean, Jesus, did you watch the first half of that Calgary game? Anytime anybody, unfortunately, anytime anybody on either team, I'm not even saying the refereeing was bad, just anytime anybody stood in someone's way in the least bit, they got called. Oh, it was, God, the officiating like, in that game was it? infuriating it was like the first game out of the lockout no five like oh your stick left the ice you're going to the box I was like, <laughs> what is going on here but yeah i think um one thing i'll say is the defense themselves not taking a ton of shots and that's good um i said earlier, i want ghost to shoot more because like ghost is a dynamic offensive player but overall, I'm still really liking the uh, the offensive philosophy, even though it hasn't paid off the last couple nights. Yeah, it's really good. They need to. I'd like yeah. to see more shots from the defense. I'd like to see... It's good that them... they're not shooting from the outside anymore. Yeah. Which yes. is good. Yeah, like, I'd like to see more of, especially Ghost, Provorov, and Sanheim. We saw it with Niskanen the other night uh, come in, uh, take a pass from behind the net and bury one. I'd like to see more of that. The defensemen find themselves in the slot and take shots from there. Uh, be active shooters, not just be at the point. If you've seen the Carolina Hurricanes at all, I mean, they're just... They're playing positionless hockey right now. I want to see a little bit more of that. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that. that. Would be fun. Sounds fun. Do we have anything else, guys? I feel like I just kind of flew through what we did have prepared, which was very little. <laughs> the season started... 
and we ran out of stuff to say. We yeah, we made it we through were. a whole summer of doing hour long shows, and now that there's hockey, we're like, uh, stuff. We ran out of stuff to say, and that's the most bizarre thing. I think that Kelly asked a really good question on Twitter, so I'm going to please do um, talk about that. Now, oh, the biggest storyline thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I could find it. There was some it, good which, stuff um, that came out of that actually. Apparently, I can't. Just give me the gist, Kelly. So I kind of just asked people, like, through five games, what is, like, the one thing, if you had to say, this is what I've learned from these first five games about this version of the Philadelphia Flyers, um, what would it be? Um, I have it up here. So some of the more interesting ones were that people were complaining about the, again, the lack of, like, a sure thing scorer. Like, they're getting into their zone, they're getting set up, but they they don't have anyone who can just reliably put it in the net, and which I don't really think is true. Um, but that is something that we hear a lot from people, um, and that has not I mean, I get all. it. We don't have a Tarasenko. We don't have an Ajo. We don't have a Skinner. But there are two guys on this team with three goals in five games. Um, yeah. There was like, a, a lot. That's of, a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of confidence in Elaine Vigneault, if this is to be mm-hmm. trusted, which I think is good. Um, and then a lot of people saying that they're not going to worry about what this team looks like until Nolan Patrick is back, because really, that's the team. Like, we don't know what the top nine is going to be until we have our top nine actually playing. Yeah. So that, I think, is important, too. It, and a lot of people, of course, saying, like, it's five games. Like, we all need yeah. to settle down. It's five games. If they if they had gone undefeated in five games, is this fan base going to be believing that they're going to, like, skate their way to the Stanley Cup final? Like, no one would be believing that. We would all be like, oh, this is just smoke and mirrors. They're going to come back down eventually. Like, so wh- if we wouldn't have believed that. Kelly, I did write an article that was basically, like, let's believe after 2-0. and oh, Let's get nuts. No, I know. But-, but no, but that's the thing. Like, we can enjoy it. Yeah. And you can find the positive in things and you can have fun watching this team, but there's no reason to assume that because they're 2-2-1 two, two, and one, that they're going to go 41-41 on the season. Like, I just don't oh, yeah, think yeah. that's true. And there's a lot of people, I think, we've said it a million times, we are all damaged by the last regime. Like, we are just trained to expect the absolute worst. And I don't think we need to do that anymore. I really don't. I don't think we do either. Um, there were a lot of really interesting responses. And I, I, I think that my the, the biggest things that stand out for me this season are um, the, Kevin Hayes. I don't hate he's him. He's been so good. I didn't good. expect to hate him, but I don't hate he's him. He's been good. Um, he's been good. Um, the second power play unit fucking whips ass. I love them. Um, the penalty kill is reliable i i can i can count on them to actually kill penalties uh penalty kill is a good one that i think has been underrated thus far and they have done a very decent job especially they've cons- done a very good job they killed two back-to-back five on threes and i i don't remember exactly which game that was was it against the devils i think yeah um, yes it was the devils game with the big save from carter hart on from Taylor carter Hall. hart yeah, no, that's Yeah, I, and and you know, up until yesterday's game, which I'm I'm willing to write off as an anomaly, we had two goaltenders that were going to stop the puck. Yeah, goaltending has been good. Uh yeah, very good. Brian Elliott 
definitely had an excellent effort in Calgary. That game could have been a lot worse if not for him. Like I said, Carter Hart, first three starts had uh, put up tremendous numbers. Um, I'm trying. Biggest thing I've learned, yeah, I've liked Kevin Hayes a lot. Um, Travis Konechny is Woo, he is the heart so of this fun. team right now. I love watching this kid play. I don't expect him to be. I mean, he's got seven points in five games. He's got three goals. I don't expect him to score 40 and 90, but... I do. (laughs) I'm not going to rule it out. And if he becomes that kind of guy, like if all of a sudden we have a Pasternak, like that helps so much. Oh Oh my God, God, is this team deep? Is this team deep if he is that good, you know? Um, Nolan Patrick is definitely... I'm not going to say a concern because it's five games, but they do need him back and they need him to perform... Uh, I like what you guys like. We don't know what this top nine is without him. And it's hard to piece together the lineup without your third center. We talked all summer about what the center depth was going to be and how it's a strength of this team. And then immediately we're without number three on the depth chart. Uh, And that has, I think, kind of taken a toll on the, uh, on the overall production of the bottom half of the roster. But yeah, there's, more positives than negatives, I'd say. They're 2-2-1, two, two, and one, and my biggest takeaway is I think there are more positives than negatives. Just give me back my baby boy. Just yeah. give me back Nolan Patrick. The latest update is that nobody really knows when he's going to be back. He can't say, and the coach doesn't know. But he's skating like, with the team, he, right? That he is. Like he has thing. been skating with the team. He though. went on the trip, He went on right? the trip, too. Yep. Yep. Yeah, just give me back my baby boy. It's time. I'm ready for Nolan Patrick. Yeah, I, they they desperately need him, and they desperately need him to produce. Um, that such a windfall to win that draft, and it's just man, God damn it! Like, just get back and be good. Yeah, that's the thing. Get back and be good. We need him back, but also we need him not to slow start. Like, we need him to immediately come in and be a very effective third line center. That's and if they keep Jake, uh, if they keep Jake in that role, I love it. Uh, him, he, and uh, he and Patrick have had chemistry in the past. Um, ultimately, I think Jake should be in your top six. But if he's on your third line and you have that line rocking and rolling with Patrick, that could. I mean, that's a that's a matchup nightmare. Yeah. If if those guys do what they're supposed to if do. If Nolan Patrick comes back and he's on his shit, like we will have legitimately three scoring threats to roll out all the time like without question each one of those lines is a scoring threat there's no dud there and that is an exciting thing to think about all right guys that's a that was a hell of a show i thought for the three of us kind of impromptu remote um not a great week for the flyers but i think we put a good spin on it i am i'm not hating what i'm seeing even though the results haven't been there on this western canadian trip Really hope to see them turn it around on a Saturday. It's Beer Stein Day. So how do you not like Beer Stein Day? Um, excuse me. It's Emily is going to the game day. Emily is going to the game day. Is that like, Emily's do they have a special a record? when? Doesn't Emily go to every game? My dog? Oh, Emily, your dog. I, okay, never mind. I was thinking of something totally different. Move on. <laughs> Move on. I, I believe you think that Maddie's name is Emily. Yeah, I, I wanted to not, I wanted to not have that pointed out that I got that so badly wrong. But like, this is my life. Like, this is you should. I am the worst in real life. 
Like, at my other job, someone uh, went up to Ava the other day and was like, yeah, I had a conversation with Bill the other day. It was a nice conversation. Talked to him for like five, ten minutes. He had no idea what my name was. And this dude is like a guy I've met a bunch of times, and he's like high up at my office. But I have, I, I just blanked. It, I, I'm the worst. I don't know what else to say. But hey, the Flyers have back-to-back home games. Back-to-back home games. They are, wow! They are undefeated at home. They are 1-0-0 in the Wells Fargo Center. Let's keep that going. Three of their next four are at home. We might actually get to see what this team really is. Uh, and by the next time we are uh, we are coming to you, it will be Wednesday the 23rd. Like I said, we will be back in our studio. It'll be a normal show. We should have the full crew. I'm really looking forward to it. That is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends that BSH Radio is here for you with the content. If you subscribe, all you have to do is subscribe. You get this show every week, our, our flagship show, BSH Radio. You also get Flyperbole. You also get post games with me normally. Sometimes Craig, sometimes Steph, but usually me. Uh, you get checking out the competition, pre-game previews for every game with Kelly, all sorts of stuff. We have our Flyers forecast now. Steph, tell them about Flyers forecast. Uh, it's going to be previewing the week ahead for the Flyers, and I believe we're also going to do, um, shit, what was it going to be called? A, a weekly recap. The um, Yeah, I was going to throw uh, that to you because I couldn't remember the name of that either. I can't remember. Um, we're the best. BSH Briefs. Oh, I like it. BSH Briefs, where we... Take we pictures of Charlie and his briefs? Yes. As to what happened during the week. So if you're not in the local market or if you're not on social media, we're going to talk about what the the big questions going into the week are and, and what we learned from that week in two different shows. I love it. Uh, that uh, So even more content coming your way this season. The season has just begun and we have just begun to pump the stuff out for you, so hit that subscribe button. Again, thank you all so much for listening. Thanks for hanging out. My name is Bill Matz. For Hinkle, for Driver, have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports?